But anyway, Galatians chapter 6 this morning. Galatians chapter 6. I always like to think of a theme. It's always nice to kind of have a theme. One, it helps me figure out what to preach from week to week. But we were talking about earlier this year and trying to figure out what the theme was going to be. And Actually, Brother Lonnie, you threw something at me. I don't even remember what it was exactly, but it kind of gave me the idea. So I got it kind of inspired the idea and I thought man that is perfect for the springtime to have a time to plan because I don't know about you all but I'm I want God's blessings I want to see great things happen in my life personally I want to see great things happen in this church and you know many times in life people they will uh, kind of be taking a evaluation and just you know wondering why things aren't going their way, or maybe wonder why things are going their way, wondering why things are so bad, wondering why things are so good. And you know, I, I was thinking about it, and the truth is, everybody spiritually, we're all farmers spiritually. Everyone, all our lives, we've been sowing seeds. We've all sowed some good seeds, and we've all sowed some bad seeds. And every one of us, we've reaped some good things and we've reaped some bad things. We all had things that we've gone through in our life, things that we've faced that uh, we wish we hadn't, but we look back and we know that was, that was my own fault. I kind of asked for that. I sowed some bad seeds there. Most people today, they, though, they don't think about what they're sowing in their lives. They don't really think a whole lot about their day-to-day actions, what they are going to do, what they are going to produce. Many people are struggling today and they have no idea why, but I believe if, if we took a real good, honest look, close look at our life and the way we're living our life, we could find out that all of us really are reaping what we've sowed. And the truth is, and that the title of my message this morning is, you reap what you sow. I remember when I was a kid, I'd hear my dad say that all the time. Sometimes we'd get in trouble for doing something. We'd be being, you know, he'd be punishing us for something, and he's like, hey, you reap what you sow. Sometimes something bad would happen. I remember when I was 14 or 15, I had not, I, uh, I liked to hunt. I had never killed a buck before. And there was this other kid in our church that uh, we, my dad wanted to take hunting with us one year. And this kid, I used, to, I used to mess around a little bit, probably not as nice to him as I should have been. And I remember he was going to go hunting with us. And I told him, I was like, yeah, you know what's going to happen when we're out hunting? Some big buck's going to come walking up and you're going to shoot his antler off. I told him that. I made fun of him. I was telling him he was going to shoot the antler off a deer. That's specific. And I remember uh, he was hunting with my dad, and sure enough, a buck came along, and he shot at it and missed it. This this deer had been shot at by another hunter on the other property, ran down by where my dad and this other kid was. They, he, they shot and missed him, and then he ran by me. And I took the first shot, and I missed him. The second shot laid him out. He, he was there... He, he was dead, and then I remember went down there and looked, and he only had one antler. And I thought, man, he went and shot the antler off my deer. But sure enough, as we got to looking around, we found pieces of antler laying around where I shot him. That first shot where I thought I missed it, it missed, I shot his antler off. Shot an antler off an eight point buck. And I remember my dad. You reap what you sow. That's what you get for making fun of him, saying he was going to shoot the antler off the deer, and you ended up doing it. I mean, uh, I was I was devastated. I wanted a deer head on my wall so bad, and you know, wasn't going to do it. One antler get a one antler deer head. I mean, just 
devastating. I was embarrassed about it. Didn't want to tell anybody about it. But you know what? I got what I deserved that day. And the truth is, we usually do get what we deserve. Maybe not in the short term, but always in the long term, we get what we deserve. And God, He's warned us about the laws of sowing and reaping so we don't make the same mistakes. And we've got to figure out how... Uh, how we can plant the good seeds. Because the truth is, we are all planting seeds. We're all farm, we're all spiritually, we're all farmers. And if we want to produce some good things, we've got to plant some good seeds. I said it before, I don't care how much you pray. Are the farmers in this area, I don't care how much they go to church. I don't care how much they pray. I don't care how much they give in the offering. I don't care what they do. If they don't go plant some seeds this spring, they are not going to have a harvest in the fall. You have to plant the seeds. You have to do it on purpose. You gotta take it. You gotta put it in the ground. It takes some work. There's a lot of people today that are wondering why they're not getting a paycheck. Well, maybe they need to go get a job. You know, you need you need to go do something. You gotta go do some work. A lot. I'm, um, I remember in LaSalle, one of the jobs that were kind of popular around there was to hold a sign announcing a sale at a store. And I remember there was this, uh, a friend of mine. They went to the church there, was driving by, and they were always out on Saturdays and stuff. And he's standing there, and he had his window down in his car, and this guy's holding one of these signs, and he like approaches him, kind of made him nervous, kind of a scary looking fella. And he's like, Hey, you got any cigarettes on you? And he's like, No, sorry, I don't smoke. <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, it's like, man. He's like, Yeah, I'm just standing out here just trying to get some money so I can buy some smokes. And you know why that job was popular? It was because. It didn't pay that good, but you got paid that day. And a lot of people, they can't wait two or three weeks to get that paycheck. They want to get it that day. And that one was popular because of the immediate results, even though they weren't that great. And the truth is, anything that's going to really accomplish something, it's going to take some patience. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some hard work. It's going to take some investment. It's going to take some prayer. It's going to take all those things. But a lot of you, they don't want to do that work. They don't have the patience. And to reap the good things, you're going to have to have some patience. It's going to take some time. You're going to have to let God do some things. But this morning, I want us to look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. This passage of Scripture is usually one that you'll hear used as a warning. This is something, try, this verse is, most times when it's preached, is trying to scare people. And it's, uh, I think, when it, when it was written, when Paul wrote it, he's trying to scare people a little bit too. But yet, this same verse, while you can use it to maybe scare somebody, you can also use it to really encourage people. And it says in verse 7, Galatians chapter 6, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You know, you see people sometimes that are just being wicked and being evil, and it seems like they're getting away from it. You're getting away with it. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Hey, these folks are going to reap what they are sowing. It's going to come back on them. It's going to happen. And that's that's scary. Verse eight. It says, "For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit." shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So wait a minute, that verse is scary, but it's also exciting because if you're doing good in your life, if you're sowing good seeds, if you're doing right, be not deceived. God is not mocked. God's not going to let you go through your whole life doing right, doing good, doing the things that you're supposed to do, planting good seeds without letting you reap those, reap the fruit of that. God's going to bless that. Just 
But you got to have patience. Because verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I'm here. I'm not going to tell you that everything that you do for God is going to be immediate success. I mean, just immediately all the great things are going to happen. Some things are they might take a while. Some things might take several years. But don't listen if you don't stop. If you just keep going, don't be weary in well doing. Sometimes it's hard. You're going to get a little weary. You're going to get tired doing right. It's going to seem like those that are doing wrong, things are going better for them and that way is just easier. But just stick in there. Hang in there. Don't give up. Be not weary in well-doing for in due season. When is that due season for me? For you? For me? I don't know. I can tell you God knows. And He says in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Don't give up. I wonder how many times in my life maybe I've given up on some things just a little too soon. How many other people they they tried doing right and just yeah they they quit just a week before God started giving the blessings you just you can't give up and I tell you in my own life I I've seen so many times you know you can't have faith for somebody else but I've seen people that are maybe they're about to make a bad decision they're trying to do right and I know God's going to bless these folks. If they just hang in there, God is going to bless them. But boy, they're struggling. Maybe they don't have as much faith as you do, and you're just you pray for them and think, you know, Lord, help them hang in there, and then they give up just a little too soon. And it's sad because you know if they hang in there, you know if they keep doing right, that God is going to bless them. He has to. God always keeps his promises. So how do we sow to the flesh or the spirit? How do we know which one? That we're sowing to. Well, the way you sow to the flesh is really to be lazy and make excuses. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, you can turn there if you like, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. It says, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not, what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child? Even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. See, if, you observe, if you're observing the wind, it's like a farmer. If he goes out there and he's looking, it's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of windy today. Oh, it's a little cloudy today. I think I'm going to wait till tomorrow. You know, be careful. You keep doing stuff like that. You put it off too long. You might miss your opportunity. You know, in the farming, uh, I've never been a farmer, but I know a lot of times you're dependent on weather and stuff. And you know, most farmers, when it gets that time of year, I mean, they they watch closely, and when they get opportunities to start doing the work, they usually try to do it as early as possible. Because they don't know what's going to happen. And it is something you have to be very diligent in. You have to, be, you have to work very hard. But you know, there's a lot of people today, they're just, they're, they kind of are always, they're always making excuses. There's always an excuse for why they're not going to go out and do that work. Or there's always an excuse for why they're not going to do that good thing. Or, you know, we're talking about spiritual things today. There's always an excuse for not going to church. Say in the summer it's too hot, and in the winter it's too cold. You know, in the spring and the fall, I mean, there's something. There's always going to be something. There's always that excuse. Observing the wind. Maybe there's things that God wants you to do in your life. Things He wants you to change. Things He wants you to add. Things He wants you to get rid of. But 
If you observe the wind, if you're just kind of maybe doing what everybody else is doing, you're going to miss the boat. You're going to miss the opportunity. If you decide to start doing right when everybody else does right, you're probably going to miss your chance. And many people today, they're constantly making excuses. And the reason they're not reaping anything good is they haven't sown anything. And I don't know what the deadlines are, but I know the farmers, if they don't get those seeds in by a certain time, they're not going to have a harvest. It's going to be, it's going to be too late. And that's why you ought to do it early. It says in verse 6, in the morning, sow thy seed. Do it as early as you can. I mean, don't wait. A lot of young people, teenagers especially, it's like, well, you know, after I'm an adult and after I get married, then I'll start worrying about spiritual things. You know, then we'll get into church. Then we'll do this. We'll do that. No, do these things early. The Bible says, remember now the Creator and the days of thy youth. Do these things as early as possible. Don't talk about doing good works way off in the future. Don't, I mean, don't put it off as soon as you can. Start doing them. In the morning, sow thy seed. You need, you need to reap some good things today. You might, you might need something to happen today. But you know what? That doesn't mean, you know, just be, there's something, well, for example, in our country, we've been hearing them say for years and years how we need, you know, folks like we need to drill for more oil. Oh, well, that wouldn't fit us for another 20 years. Okay, well, they've been saying that for over 20 years. And it'd be really nice to be getting those benefits right now, wouldn't it? But you know, one thing we know about our society today and our culture today and our Congress today, they don't think about the future very much, do they? And you know what? We need to start doing some things that are going to benefit us 20 or 30, 40 years from now. We need to start doing them now. Thankfully, our forefathers, that's how they thought. You know, when they had that Revolutionary War back in the 1700s, that wasn't... They, you know, they could have said, you know what? Let's just deal with some of this stuff right now. You know, we can fight these guys later. We can do No, they were thinking about the next generation. It was tough for those guys. I mean, they had it tough back then. The battles that they fought were terrible. But thankfully, they had this mindset, hey, that this is going to produce something good in the future. And you know, when it comes like planting a tree, it takes several years before you can really enjoy a tree after it's been planted, especially a fruit tree. It takes a long time before it starts producing fruit. But you know what? Thankfully, there's been people who in the past, they went and they planted those things. And now we get to enjoy them. Now we get to uh, appreciate the fruit of them. But many people, we don't think very far ahead. We make excuses. We put them off. But we need to start sowing seeds early. We're, we're a young church. We're a new church. I believe that God's going to you know, wants to do great things in this church, but we've got to start sowing seeds if that's going to happen. We've got to start right now. We might not really get to benefit from these things. We might not get to enjoy these things ourselves. But the next generation will. And it will be better for them. We need to have people that have that pioneer spirit that are thinking about the next generation and try to make things better for them. Many just lazy, make excuses. Also, another way you sow to the flesh is just simply disobey the Scriptures. Hosea chapter 12 or 10, verse 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. We want, uh, says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness. When we follow the Word of God, we are going to get the blessings that come with following the Word of God. When you disobey the Word of God, you get the curses that come with not following the Word of God. We've got to sow 
in righteousness. And the Bible says when we do that, we'll reap in mercy. None of us can be perfect. None of us can be everything that we should be. But when we do our best, when we try to serve God the best we can, God's going to be merciful to you. And I don't know about you, but that's what I need. That's what I want in my life. I don't want to get everything that I deserve. I want mercy. We all know as Christians, if we got what we deserve, we'd all go to hell. But God has shown us mercy. And we have heaven to look forward to. By the way, you sow to the flesh. Just do that which is right in your own eyes. Judges chapter 17, verse 6 says, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. It's getting, it was kind of like America is getting today. You know what we do in America now? If there is some new law that they're wanting to make, what a lot of politicians are saying, if they get asked about a subject, I heard one politician, he got asked what his stance was on gay marriage. And he said, I think we need to let the voters decide. Oh, and that sounds all wonderful and democratic and everything. But here's the thing one, that's evil. Two, we have laws to protect us from doing wrong. That's the way our founding fathers did it. You know, we pledged to the republic. A republic, it's a nation, it's governed by laws. We put laws in place to protect ourselves. When we say let's just vote for everything, we're basically saying let's just do that which is right in our own eyes, in the eyes of the majority. That's what they did in Israel. And in Judges chapter 17 and throughout the book of Judges, you read about Israel getting involved in some horrible sins. Some disgusting sins took place in the book of Judges and some horrible and disgusting things are taking place in our country today. And it's because we're just doing that which was right in our own eyes. What is marriage? It's whatever you want it to be. That's not going to be good. Because there's some weird people out there that like really weird, messed up things. I don't know that we want to live like that. I don't know we want it like that in our country. Don't just... Do that which is right in your own eyes. It's basically what they were; these people were doing back then was following their heart. That is the statement you hear a lot. They're teaching kids, teaching teenagers, you see girls wearing these shirts, follow your heart. Oh, that sounds wonderful. But you know, my Bible says the heart is deceitful and is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Desperately wicked. That's what our hearts are like. Our hearts are tricky. They're deceptive. We tell our thing. Our, our, your heart will tell you that something is okay that the Bible says is wicked. Your heart will tell you, hey, you can get away with this kind of sin. When in reality, you're just going to sow. Or you're going to reap some horrible things. You know, a young person, they need to sow their wild oats. Well, that's fine, but understand they're going to reap them too. And, we, and I don't know about you, but I don't want... To reap those things. I want to, I want to reap good things, but I'm going to have to sow good things. So how do we sow in the Spirit? Well, first of all, you sow the Word of God. Matthew chapter 13, I'm not going to take time to read that whole passage, but we have the parable of the seed and the sower. We're probably going to talk about him a little bit in one of the later weeks. But he went and he just, he cast those seeds out. Some of it fell on good ground and it shot up. Some fell upon the wayside. Some fell among the thorns and didn't last very long. But one thing that he did is he sowed a lot of seed. And you know what? He had he got to reap some of that. And that's what we've got to do. If you sow some good things, listen, not every good thing that you do is going to just automatically see results. I remember the first seeds I remember planting was some watermelon seeds. I remember little plants sprouted up and that was all that ever happened. I didn't get any watermelons. 
out of it. But you know, I don't think there's a farmer in the world that's gotten 100% every seed he's ever planted has produced fruit. Now, I could really easily say, you know what? Farming just doesn't work for me. Farming, I think it's pointless. I just, I think the Lord is against me in it. Nature is against me. You know why? Because I planted a seed one time and nothing came of it. Well, you know what? You need to try again. You need to do more. You gotta, you gotta plant a lot of seeds and something is gonna happen. Part of the problem that I had when I planted that seed, I, one, I didn't take a whole lot of care of it. Good care of it. I didn't water it every single day. But you know, the Bible says in Psalms 126 verse 5, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Now why would somebody sow in tears? You know why? Because sometimes it's a lot of work. Sometimes it's hard. There's a lot of, there's a lot of rough uh, labor that's involved. And then in the next verse it says, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Sometimes you're going to have to put in the effort. It may bring you to tears. It may wear you out, but the Bible says you'll doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing your sheaves with you. You know, when I that watermelon didn't grow, I was like, oh well. I didn't care that much. I hadn't put that much work into it. Otherwise, I would have cared a lot more. I already said one time, you know, a lot of times scientists they'll do these studies that just sound pointless and I'll, I come to my own conclusions on it. But I heard a study one time, they were saying that people who plant gardens and talk to their plants, that their, their gardens turn out better. That they grow better, they produce more fruit. And I was like, well, I can explain that to you. I said, because I don't think it's the talking that makes them grow better, but anybody who is talking to their plants obviously cares about them quite a bit. And are probably going to do a little better of a job pulling the weeds. They're going to do a better job remembering to fertilize that ground and to water it. And I don't think it's the talking as much as just the care that goes into that garden. And you know, many times the reason we don't reap a lot of good things is we've put very little effort into it. You know, this... Uh, this church, it's not going to grow and do great things without there being some hard work, without there being some tears shed, without there being some hurt and some pain. It's it's not going to be easy. There's going to be days when you know it's, it's going to feel like you know what this this isn't worth it. It's hard. You're going to want to give up. You're going to want to quit. I guarantee there's not a farm in the world that hasn't been out there out there working in the heat some days and just tired and thinking you know what I just I'd rather call it quits. Want to give up, but they just keep going. They keep plugging away. They keep they keep plowing. They keep planting, and they do that work. And then, boy, you know, farmers are always in a good mood in harvest time. It's their favorite time of the year. That it because they get to enjoy the fruit of that. And when that day comes, it's all worth it. I mean, we've all worked jobs in the past that we really maybe didn't like it that much, where that job was a pain in the neck, where we had days where we wanted to quit. We had days when we wanted to walk out. I remember when I uh, worked at Walmart Distribution Center. I remember that I used to have this long walk that I would take to where we would start our day, and I just I'd walk there. There'd be some days I think you know it would feel so good to just turn around and just walk out and never come back. I had many days that I felt like that, but you know what? Every second Thursday, it just kind of was all worth it again. You know, I, 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 it was a lot easier to go to work on payday. 
That was everybody's favorite day. Absenteeism was the lowest on payday because that was the day you got to reap what you had sown. And when you'd been there, it was a good thing. Now, there were some guys that missed a lot of work. They weren't as excited. They weren't as excited when payday came. You know why? They weren't going to get as much. They hadn't sowed as much. I remember when we would rarely get overtime. Boy, we loved those paydays. That was the big one. When we got all that overtime, the guys didn't come for overtime, weren't as excited. They hadn't done as much sowing, therefore they didn't do as much reaping. Not as excited. And many people today, they're not that excited when they come to the house of God because maybe they didn't really sow anything, therefore they're not really expecting to reap anything. Let me tell you, this last fall, that garden that was in our yard, I wasn't really excited about it. No, we didn't plant one. <laughs> we didn't get anything from it. We had to go to the grocery store to get our food. Not that exciting. Didn't do the work. Why should we expect anything? And boy, we live in a society today, the whether they work or not, they expect that paycheck, don't they? And we see that that does them a lot of good when you give it to them. But you reap what you sow. When you do the work, God is going to bless you. So you sow the Word of God. You sow with tears. Sow obedience to the Scripture. Sow to yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Proverbs 11.18 The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Now, listen, I'm not even going to pretend to tell you how God is going to do everything in your life. Okay, I don't. God works in mysterious ways. His ways are far above us. His ways are past finding out. But listen, you can, you cannot follow the word of God and do the things that He says. You cannot keep coming to this church and being faithful to the house of God. You know, giving to the offerings, exhorting one another. You cannot do keep doing those things and not get blessed. God is going to bless you. It's going to happen. I don't know how He's going to do it. I don't know when He's going to do it. I wouldn't recommend you come in. And you know, put money in the offering, and then go to you know go outside and be like, all right, you know, where's where's my blessing? It doesn't always happen that fast. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it seems like nothing ever really comes for it. But you know, there's been many times in my life where I've just gotten some blessed. I've gotten blessed just out of the blue. I didn't know where it came from. And sometimes I've wondered, was this because of something I did a long time ago? Or was this because of something I did? Or is this God just being merciful to me? The truth is, every blessing I've ever received, I don't, I don't know for sure that I could accurately say, hey, it was because of this or it was because of that. I don't know. But one thing I do know is that if you're sowing, you're going to reap. And so, you know what? I like those times of reaping, so I'm just going to keep sowing as much as I can. I want to sow the Word of God as much as I can. I want to tell as many people about Christ as I can. I want to pass out as many flyers. I want to invite as many people to church. Not everybody's going to come that invites. Not everybody's going to get saved that you witness to. But boy, when that one person does come and they do give their heart to Christ, it just makes it all worth it. And so you, it just makes you want to just keep sowing. Because hey, I don't, I don't know where these blessings are coming from. It may be from something a long time ago. It may be from something, re, from something recent. But I do know, God says, if we sow to the Spirit, we're going to have the Spirit reap life everlasting. There's going to be blessings that come with it. It says, but him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. You can be sure about it. There's things, if I, if I did something for somebody today, I remember Brother Bob Johnson, our missionary, to Haiti. 
I remember we went and saw him when his wife was in the hospital. I was with a couple of preacher friends of mine. I wanted them to meet these folks. They're just they're amazing people. And I remember I told I told him I was like you know I they were going through a tough time. I told him our church was I went there. I wanted to tell them our church was going to start supporting them. And you know I I, had, I while I was there I figured they could use some money for whatever. And I just I gave him fifty bucks. And I I didn't do this to these guys bragging. They know me better than that. But I told him I said. I said, these are the kind of people that I just I want to be a blessing to because God's going to bless me back for it. I know He I know He will. I'm confident of that. Since then, I've received many blessings. Whether it was because of that, I don't know, or something else, I don't know. But I just I do know this: that when you do stuff like that for other people, it's going to eventually come back as a blessing. How? I don't know, but it just I promise it will. Even our our food thing that we're going to do for. Try, just try to be a blessing to people. We're trying us being a blessing to somebody else. That's going to come around and it's going to bless our church. Us supporting missionaries. It's like, oh, you know, we can't afford it. You know, it's a sacrifice stuff. Listen, I want God to bless our church, and that kind of thing produces blessings. Giving in the offerings. I've been taught to do that all my life, and God has blessed me for it. If you're going to reap what you sow. I couldn't possibly keep track of how that all works. I let God do that, but all I know is right now I can at least be sowing as much as possible. Just, I mean, so, 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 so works of charity. We're not going to take time to read it, but Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 through 8, we have a, a beautiful passage of scripture about charity. You know, if we're not willing, and, and listen, when you, when it comes to charity, okay, that's, God does bless charitable works. But for something to really be charitable, you have to do it not expecting anything in return from that person. As a church, we need to do what we can for other people, people in this community. But I'm here to tell you, we don't want to, I wouldn't, we need to be charitable about it. Don't be expecting things from them. Just because we give somebody a box of groceries doesn't mean we need to expect them to join our church the next week, never miss a service, start tithing and doing everything. No. We can't do this. You do it just to be a blessing. You may not ever get anything back from that person. However, though, God's going to see that. God's going to see if that's really a work of charity. He sees our heart. He knows what's going on. And God is going to bless it. He has to. God has to keep His promises. He does. God has to keep His promises. He's not going to welch on you. He's going to come through. So, same time, when you hear a message like this, it's real easy. The devil is going to come along and he's going to whisper in your ear and he's going to say, you know, what about those who are evil? They seem to have everything. Well, the truth is, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, we see that God is the righteous judge, not us. It says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, this is the Apostle Paul who, after he got saved, did nothing but good. And listen to what Paul said. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Well, that sounds pretty good. Paul was telling the truth. Where was Paul at this time? Was he pastoring the largest church in all of Europe during that time? Was he standing here preaching this before a crowd of thousands that were throwing money at him? No. He was in prison. He was about to be martyred. He was about to have his head cut off. And he had done all these good things, and he said, "And I finished my course. I've kept the faith." And he said, "Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, shall give me at that day, 
And not to me only, but unto all them that love His appearing. He said the righteous judge. He, God, one of these days, is going to sort it all out. Some of the blessings are going to come while we're here on this earth. Some of them are going to be blessings that we're going to get when we're in heaven, that we're going to get to enjoy for all eternity. It's all going to be set straight on that day. And we don't need to worry a whole lot about it now. While I do like getting blessings now, if we don't get them now, we're going to get them in heaven. You know, I've had blessings of cash before. That's what we're all looking for, right? Want that blessing of cash, money? But you know what I've noticed about those blessings? They go really fast. I mean, you enjoy them for a day if you're lucky. I mean, I've gotten blessings before that were already gone when I got them. I was behind on the bill or whatever. We don't usually enjoy those blessings we get in this earth that we're all real focused on. You don't really get to enjoy them for that long. But the blessings that we're going to get in heaven, well, those are eternal. We get to enjoy those for the rest of eternity. And Paul was looking forward to that. He wasn't worried about what he had in this earth. He was thinking about he was thinking about heaven. So what about those evil? God's going to straighten it all out on that on that final day. But also, what the world has may appear great. But if it doesn't bring them joy, what good is it really? Proverbs 22, verse 8 says, He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity. Vanity, that's something that's empty. And it says, And the rod of his anger shall fail. Reap vanity. What is vanity? Well, you know, maybe those mansions that you see. Maybe that person that's evil that seems to have all the money, that they've got all the cars and the houses and all those things. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, if they've gotten those in the wrong way, they can't enjoy them like I enjoy what I have. It's emptiness to them. It hasn't made them happy. They're still on drugs. They still have to go out and get drunk every weekend. They're still trying all they can to get more because it's not enough. It's vanity. It's nothing. It hasn't brought them one bit of happiness. There's people living in shacks that have more joy than those people do. Because the truth is, real joy can only come from God. And so while on the outside, it may appear they have everything, they really have nothing. And if you want to know how they got all that stuff, it wasn't a gift of God. It was a gift from the devil. They had to sell their souls to the devil to get that. And the devil, he likes to give his people those flashy things. That way it will attract God's people to that if we get focused on the things of this world. But one thing the devil's never given anybody is happiness. And while they appear happy and while they smile real big on the outside, they're popping pills and doing drugs and behind closed doors because they're miserable. Because everything they have, it's all empty. It's all vain. They don't enjoy it one bit. The problem is, these folks are reaping what they've sown. And I don't like being the judge of that. I don't recommend you go around and you see somebody going through a hard time Say, so, hey, you reap what you sowed. All right. You know, next time you see a bum out on the street trying to beg money off people, don't look at him. Say, you reap what you sowed. All right. Don't do that. All right. Why don't you sow? Go ahead and give him some money, and then let God and then let God bless you for it. This is something you need to think about in your own life, because I can't make somebody else do the work. I can't make somebody else sow good things. I can't do that. But I can control what I do in my own life, and. If I'm going to expect great things, I'm going to have to do some great things. And if you ask me, I know in my, in my personal life and in your personal life, uh, I, I want to talk about it as a church right now though. I believe it's time to plant. 
This is a time to plan. We need to start doing whatever we can, however we can, to get the Gospel to as many people as possible, to do as many good works as we possibly can. Because the only thing that's going to make this a good church or a great, a great church, any, the only thing the way we're going to be anything worth anything is if we have God's blessing on this place. And if we're going to have God's blessing, then we need to start sowing some good things and we can start enjoying the reaping things. Reaping. We can enjoy the harvest times. So let's all stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.